For those of you who don't understand addiction, it is amazing if you are addicted to a substance, how that takes over your life and that takes precedence over things that would seemingly be more important, like your family, your career, uh, your even you know your moral values, everything else. Uh, they go by the wayside. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about today. So welcome to another edition of Odyssey House Journals. I'm Randall Carlisle. My co-host is Nicole Slack. Hello. Hello. I'm going to sound sexist. If I, our, our last uh, podcast, you were wearing a cap, and I implied that you hadn't washed your hair. Yeah, but it was super accurate that I had not washed my hair. So I'm presuming you did wash your hair. I did. I made sure to wash my hair which, for this. <laughs> which has nothing to do with this podcast. At it all. Was just no. Our guest today is Jim Stevens. Uh, thank you very much for coming. Thank you for having me. You, uh, you suggested uh, coming on the podcast, and you sent me a little explanation of your life and the things you've done. And what struck me, and that's why I said this at the beginning, is that obviously your addiction to alcohol took precedence over your career, yes, which did. seemed to be going very, very well at the time. Can you, can you talk about that? And, and I should tell you, you're in good company because both Nicole and I are recovering alcoholics. So, well, It just was a, a thing where I've been... At the time when I was in my addiction, I, I felt that I had somehow wasted my potential and how like it didn't quite go the way I'd hoped. And, and so it was just self-sabotaging. And to where I've done such great things for 30 years, I, I looked past all of that just to feel sorry for myself, if that's the way to say it. And so then I wasn't no longer dependable and I couldn't be counted on. And so even though I have all this talent and all this background, it didn't matter because I wasn't, you couldn't have me around um, because I would rather be in a hole drinking. And, and for people who tell us, you know, some of the things you were involved in because your industry more than tons of others uh, requires prompt arrival, somebody being at a certain place at a certain time, because a lot of other people are depending on you. Absolutely. Well, I, I've, I'm a filmmaker. I say a filmmaker, but I started off as an actor. And I was lucky much younger in my career. I got to do uh, a movie with Paul Thomas Anderson called Punch Drunk Love. Uh, me and my actual brothers played the bad guys in Punch Drunk Love with Philip Seymour Hoffman and Adam Sandler. Um, and then wow. the next film right after that, I got to do World's Fastest Indian. I got to do a scene with Anthony Hopkins, and he let me call him Tony. And, um, like, it was just rolling, 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 living in uh, California. Thought, this is great. That was easy. Um, and then I started jumping <clears throat> to the other side of the camera. My two brothers still, they do a lot more acting. They're on Yellowstone. They're on uh, all the shows like that. But I started working behind the camera. Um, I want to be a director. I, I like to say I am a director. I have directed, but uh, I started working behind the camera more and more and more. Um, and I just got done doing three seasons of Relative Race on BYU TV as a creative producer. Um, and then it just got to the point because, you know, you're on location and you're gone and we're doing long days and they give you per diem, even though they pay you on or they feed you on set. And then you, everyone takes that per diem and they're at the bar all night. 
And then we're back at it the first thing in the morning. And a lot of times it starts turning into the only way you get out of bed is start a little early. Right. Start a little earlier. Calm your nerves. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, And and for people who don't realize, I mean, you know, some of the things you mentioned are are major film efforts. I mean, how many people would would be involved like in one day of shooting on the set and 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 that's why it's so critical that you be there because they're all there too right some of them are million dollars a day like when we did uh punch drunk love with adam sandler um there's a car crash scene and in the morning there was 13 cadillacs brand new down one side of the street and by the end of the day because we were wrecking them one after another the 13 Cadillacs were busted up down this side of the street. And I'm like, just the cost of those caddies. Like, can you imagine? Like, so um, Paul Thomas Anderson said to me one time, I was just like, this is awesome. And he goes, you think this is cool? And he pointed at a building. He goes, watch when I need that move four feet to the right. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. And so it's and so how many people like on an average day of shooting would be involved? Hundreds? Hundreds. Yeah, uh, but I've I've done also really intimate things where it's like two people, um, you know, and those are fun too. But and you get to some of those big, huge projects, and yeah, there are there are literally people everywhere, and every one of them has a job. It's not like they're standing around. Every single one of them have something to do, and every one of them are counted on. It's a, there's a reason why there's a million credits at the end of a movie. <laughs> Because everyone's doing something. How much of that time, though, were you in active addiction? Well, when I was younger, I smoked a lot of pot. Um, you know, I would do like the cocaine, but it was more like a function thing because that's what you do after. Uh, I love the creating process, but the only way, because I have huge social anxiety, the only way I could do the premieres and do the events is I kind of had a. Loosen up. Loosen up. And and everyone else was doing it. And so it was, you know, I didn't mind it. I didn't, my morals were okay with it. And, um, and it wasn't really a problem till seven years ago. Um, my best friend killed himself. And then three weeks later, my dad died of cancer. And all of a sudden I was drinking all the time to kind of cope with it. But then like, if you would have asked anyone 15 years ago that Jim was going to be an alcoholic, they would have said maybe a cokehead. Maybe they would have said, you know, like, but alcohol was like, really? Um, but when it grabbed me, uh, it just tore. And then every year, that same time of year, right around Christmas, when it was time for the anniversary, it just, even no matter how well I would try to plan for it and get ready for it, that time of year, it just came back. And then Christmas was a blur, and then you're sick all through January and February, and then you're like, okay, I got to get a grasp on this. But I'm like, how stupid, Like when you look back at it, like, okay, I'm going to go this week without drinking, right? I'm not going to drink this week. But if I said I was going to take the week off of eating bananas, you'd say, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, how many yeah. bananas are you eating? <laughs> well, and uh, the sad thing about alcohol is it's so readily available, and... There could be 10 of us here who were drinking the same way you were drinking while you were filming the movie, and maybe only a couple of us would turn out to be alcoholics, yes. and, and, and everybody else could handle it okay. Uh, and that's, that's why it's dangerous. Uh, you know, not, I'm not opposed to alcohol, but for some people, it, it doesn't work. 
Yeah. Well, I would, I miss, I honestly can say like the, the only thing I don't miss being sick. I don't miss, you know, all that, but I miss a dark bar having a beer and a shot and watching a football game. Like I, I miss that. But the problem was I couldn't leave <laughs> and just be okay with two beers and a shot and went home. That's my issue too. And I, and I miss that tremendously because I used to spend almost every weekend at one of the local bars downtown here uh, with some quote buddies, drinking buddies. Uh, watching football or, or basketball or whatever. They're probably still there if you want to go they, see them. They, they call occasionally, but not as much anymore. And, and, and that was a hard part. Uh, when I got sober, I've, I've been, I'm going on 12 years now. That's awesome. So, uh, but when, when, when I stopped, and I knew I had to stop doing that, uh, and, and I didn't want to say, well, I'm, I'm in treatment and I blah, blah, blah. And so I just said, hey, I've got something else I have to do today, so I can't make it this weekend. And I kept doing that and doing that, and pretty soon the calls stopped. And, and so it's not as big a deal. Uh, and, and I'm glad you shared that you missed that, because I, I, I miss it now. One of the things I miss, which is one of my triggers, which I have not done since I stopped drinking, was going to sunny beach areas, because I equate lying on the beach with a bar nearby and drinking all day because I have no cares in the world. Well, they take us all around the country and put us in all these exotic places and put you up in a hotel room and give you money every day. And uh, it's really hard not to just slip into it. It's it's everywhere. And you can start buying it depending on where you're at at eight o'clock in the morning and drink your beer until 11. That's when the liquor store opens and then proceed until till mom's calling and you're not answering back. And uh, everyone's like, you haven't showered in a week. Um, <laughs> I, I did a film a couple years ago uh, where I played uh, a guy with my brother. Like I always get to act with my brothers. It's awesome. And every film I've ever directed, I hire my brothers to play me because I can't look at myself that much while I'm editing. So I hire them to play me. But we're on set and it's supposed to be dad's house and he was an alcoholic and the house is full of alcohol. There's all these, you know, there's rum, there's tequila, there's vodka, they're the, all throughout the house. And I just said, yeah, the house wouldn't look like this. And they said, what do you mean? I said, it'd be the same alcohol. It might be cheaper versions of it, but it'd be the <laughs> same alcohol everywhere. And a lot of it's underneath the bed. And they're like, how do you know that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's what my bedroom looks like. Yes. Well, is your brother an alcoholic? They, I would say, yeah, my little brother's in deep, deep alcoholism right now. And I'm really, really worried about him. But through the process of going through Odyssey myself, and I'm about to graduate, I've, I've, I can be an example, but I can't save him. Right. And if he doesn't want to do it for himself, he's not going to. But he's in that mode where I was about a couple of years ago, where he's got a lot of hate. And he's got a lot of everything's against him. And, and um, he doesn't see a way out. And but he doesn't want help. Isn't that amazing how, did, did you go through that? I used to blame everybody but me for my drinking. Uh, and, and I was a victim. Yeah, yeah. I drank alone. I didn't ever go out to bars. I just did everything by myself, and I knew I was wrong. And I was super ashamed. So mine was not out with people. I knew if I went out and drank with my friends, I would ruin their nights. So I just didn't. I just I drank alone. So... Well, that's I just worst. blamed me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where it turned into. Like, it turned into just drinking alone. Um, Mine too. Yeah. Yeah, but I would drink, and I'd drink copious, enough 
to keep a normal person drunk all week. Yeah. I think of my tolerance and I'm just like, oh my heavens. Like if I even tried that now, like I'd be out for days. But now I see, I see myself, like I can, like when I go see my friends, like a Super Bowl parties and I watch them getting drunk and like, I used to thought that nobody could tell and you can, (laughs) wow, like, wow. And, um, and I would listen, I had a podcast with Broadway media, uh, it's called the movie hour and we lost it to COVID. Thanks COVID. But I go back and listen to those old episodes and I can hear in my voice and I'm like, how did I think I was pulling that off? I know. Yeah. My first party that I went to after I got sober, and I was still married at the time, uh, I, I, said to, I said to my wife, I said, because the party got in, increasingly louder, and I said, I, I said, and everybody's laughing about stuff that doesn't seem to be funny, Peter and they're himself. telling the same stories <laughs> over and over again. And she just looked at me, and she said, that's the way you were. You know, and but you didn't realize it at the time. Yeah, I hang out with people now that I respect and adore and whatever. And then, like, you know, we're hanging out and I'm just and they don't want to drink in front of me. Yeah, they hide it. Yeah. So and then after like an hour, I'm like, why are you getting chatty? Like, oh, and your girlfriend who never speaks is now chatty. Oh, they're drinking yes. and then repeating themselves. And I'm just like, and my mom, every I time I go see my it. little brother, she goes, please don't go drink. And I say, Mom, if I wanted a drink, I'm going to drink. Like, the liquor store is right there. Yeah. And if I even have $3 in my pocket, I can drink. I said, that's not going to, he's not going to trigger me. Um, I said, if I wanted a drink, i drink. But then through the process of Odyssey, I can literally go look for this, 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 and this. You see these behaviors and then start to worry. What was it that, uh, that brought down your career and caused you to seek help? So I'm a self-admit. A lot of people, you know, they have to do it legally. And I, I got started getting so sick where, cause I have such high anxiety. I'd get, um, panic attacks and they started becoming daily, especially when I didn't have alcohol to the point where I started throwing up. And then when I didn't have the alcohol, I started throwing up blood and um, and it got to the point where um, I wasn't answering the phone. I wouldn't respond to anyone. Um, everyone's the conversation went from, you know, I think you have a problem to please, Jimmy, don't die. Um, and I finally got to the point where do I really am I really that picked on? Because if you go back now and you look and I have done some really cool things. And a lot of people in, in my field would love to have done the stuff I've done. And I didn't look at it that way. And I said, is it really over? Yeah, I'm in my 40s now. It doesn't mean my life's over. It doesn't mean that just because my career didn't keep doing what I thought it would doesn't mean I still don't do really cool stuff. I still get to work on cool projects. So what am I? So I, I just realized I don't want to die. And it wouldn't have been like if I kept drinking, I was going to die. If I didn't quit drinking, I probably wouldn't be alive now. That's how much I was drinking, where it was you are going to die and it's going to happen soon. So, so what brought sorry, yeah, what brought you to treatment? So my big brother, um, he's he was able to quit drinking about eight years ago, and he's a huge influence on my life. And his best friend is a graduate from Odyssey. And I just started seeing how much happier they were and how that they had moved on with their lives. And, and as much because I can always go back and be a, a, a drunk. 
I could do that this week. That's easy. I could do that this week. <laughs> we could do it today. Today. Yeah. And it'd be Let's right the back. After this podcast. Right back <laughs> into it. It would not take long at all. And I just went, rather than just give up, let's see, let's see what would happen. And so I entered Odyssey back in April. I, I def- said, I'm defeated. Please help me. My buddy helped me, uh, called the right people, and they got me into Odyssey, and I was there for five weeks. And you get to that point where you're like, okay, what? You want me here how long? I'm like, no, 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 no. And then they, they had me in those meetings, and I'm, I have something to say about people's, you know, how long they stay in the house, and I'm helping people get off their treatment refocuses, and I'm like, I was, I was ticked off. I'm like, why do I have a say in your recovery? And I didn't like it. And it was bothering me just like this Odyssey does that. They try to. The therapeutic community model is different. Yeah. They want to see, like, they want to see, they, they told me at the end, like I wasn't exhibiting behaviors because I was always in a good mood. And so they tried to get under my skin. So at five weeks, uh, my brother called me and he just said, cause I have, th- remember I have three brothers. There's four of us. And the one brother said, just so you know, blah, 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 called. If you can be in Atlanta tomorrow, uh, you got a three-week shoot. And I went, packed my stuff, and I was gone in 20 minutes. And I left. And for uh, four weeks, I was fine. I got back. But during that time, I stopped taking my meds. Um, and I didn't know you're supposed to wean yourself off of it. And my brain started misfiring, and I started having the panic attacks. And all of a sudden, I started drinking again, and it went quick. And I went, Ugh. And so I called Odyssey back up and I said, can I come home? And they said, absolutely. I said, but I want to go back to the same house. I want the same bed. I want the same therapist. I want to go back and I admit, eat a little crow and say, I'm sorry. And they said, absolutely, come home. And I was back in a bed. Well, I had to go through detox, but um, had me back in a bed. The next day, out of, out of detox. Did you get the same bed? It was in the next room over. Same okay. bed, next room over. <laughs> but it was pretty close. Same therapist? Same therapist. Okay. All right. They and did their best. Yes, and they you did. got your wants and needs. Yep. And they gave me a, one of the first, you know, they do the house meetings. And one of the first house meetings, they gave me a, a little card that said, uh, thank you for coming back and showing humility. <laughs> yeah. And so, so you're at what point now? Uh, I am. So... Sober, sober, seven months, um, but almost, if I would have not taken that week off, you know, we're talking April, so we're getting close to almost a year, um, but I'm at IOP at Redwood, and I, some of them, I do my homework assignments. I, I take it very seriously. I'm never late. I'm uh, always on time. I've never missed a class. I've done, I, when I went back, I told my family, I said, I will do everything they tell me to do. I will talk to everyone. I will take every med. I will do everything they tell me to do. I will give it a real shot. And now I'm a navigator. I'm in my last month. I'm doing my labor of love. I'm, I'm making a documentary for my labor of love on addiction. And, um, and it's just some of them, the others that, they kind of mess around and they don't really take it seriously. So they're saying to me, I'm, I'm going quick. And I say, am I going quick or am I doing what they asked me to do? Uh, yeah, you can take a long time in the program. And I don't plan on being done with the program. I want to do the graduates and I want to stay. And I, I I'm trying to find a way if there's a way with my skills to come and work with Odyssey and work in the film department. I don't want to go away, but I don't also don't need to be in constant treatment anymore. I'm leaving um, sober living this week. I'm 
you know, I told my mom and to get rid of my condo and my car and, you know, I'll, I'll see you in a year. And they didn't. They, they saved it all for me. And they said, you'll you'll need it when you get back out. And so now I'm able to move back into my condo and I'm able to I have a car and I have a support system and I have all these things. And I and I'm so lucky because there's so many people that you meet that, that have nothing come from nothing. And when they leave, they're going back to nothing and they're trying and they're holding on. And I'm like, I felt so guilty. And I'm like, it's such an entitled baby. <laughs> I look at those people, because I, I lost most everything, but I still had a lot. Um, not like, I lost like my apartment and all the stuff in it, but there are people that have less than me, and I just look at them and I go like, they're stronger than me. Absolutely. They, they do more than me. Yeah. Like, they, they're working harder than yes. me. So the least I can do is show up on time and have be yep. ready and do my homework. And and so now everyone's like, why don't you just leave? Why do you, you don't need to finish? You're not court ordered. I said, because it's important to me. Yeah. I said, I'd do it. What are you going to do when you get back uh, into, a, say, a shooting a movie or something like that and a bunch of people are drinking and doing cocaine and stuff like that? How are you going to handle that? I'm not going to lie. I, it is a concern because now each with each phase, leaving the house got easy. You know, when you're in the house, it got easy. And so leaving the house, you have that. That's why I went to sober living rather than right back to my condo. And so now I'm getting ready to leave sober living. And again, and a little bit of like, OK, here's that next step. Here we go. Um, and now I'm starting to get the phone calls again. Um, none, none of them really knew I was in therapy, even though I will be very open with it. Like I have no problem tell my nephews and nieces I went to therapy. I, I needed the help. And and my little sister's like, not only he go to therapy, he went to the hardest therapy and, <laughs> and he kicked its butt. And um, but yeah. And so I'm starting to get those phone calls again. Like, where you been? And um, we could use you. And I'm starting to get phone calls. Can you help? Can you come on set? And so far, the, that part of it's easy, but it's the after parties. It's once the, the project's over. It's once the, the promotion thing starts, that engine starts building up where I already know I'm uncomfortable in those situations. Even though I seem like an extrovert, I'm really introverted. I don't like those things. And I have learned to be able to do that stuff and seem like I'm having fun. Because if you go to those parties and you're quiet and you're recluse, they take you as like being an arrogant guy. Yeah. They don't yeah. understand that you're uncomfortable being there. And so I've learned to be social. But So it is a concern. It is something that I worry about. But I'm also smart enough to know that I'm worried about it. And so I'm not going to go into it uh, blind. I'll probably, most likely, I will bring some kind of support with me. I'll have someone there. Um, I will talk to my therapist about it beforehand. Um, I will have my um, sponsor. If I need to, I'll call him and say, hey, come get me. Um, I know what's going to happen. And I can't say that it's going to go easy. And I can't say that I'm just going to pass it with flying colors because I've said that so many times. And I would love to say that it's going to be easy, but it's not going to be. And it does scare me. But it's part of it. And if, and if I can't overcome it, then I might as well just go back to, you know, like, and I don't, but I don't like that guy. I really don't. And that's the hardest thing about this whole journey is they keep all the assignments. You have to talk about that guy that I don't want to be anymore. And it's, I don't, and I'm so sick and tired of talking about him, but I also understand why, because he was a monster and he was angry and he was vindictive. And, um, you know, I was a, I was a state champion and a national champion in high school and college in drama and debate, and I'm really good at being a jerk. 
and 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 um, for no reason other than just to be one. And I don't like that guy. And so it's hard to keep remembering him, but I understand why I need to. So th- to answer your question along about way, I'm scared to death, but I'm also ready for the challenge. Do you like the new you? I do. It, I, I always would say, how can I expect anyone to love me if I don't like myself? Um, and I, I'm still working on loving myself. That's where I am in treatment. I'm working on I can honestly say I like myself. Um, I do like this version. I'm much happier and much more pleasant. You can ask my mom. By the way, she's so excited. She, when I told her I was doing your podcast, she was. I my, have my son back. Yeah, and no, no, she was excited that I was meeting you. She's, <laughs> oh, wow. she's a big fan, and so she was so excited because I make a lot of rated R movies and stuff. And when my dad was alive, he was a bishop and a high school principal, very strict. And they'd always say, "When are you going to make something that we can show our friends?" <laughs> so when I got on relative race at BYU they were so excited for me because they could tell their friends about it um, but yeah I do like this guy and I'm, I'm generally always positive and that, that's they ask me if I'm hiding behind my mask at class because I always seem to be in a good mood and try to keep everyone because a lot of them don't want to be there and they're, they're falling asleep and and I'm like if we got to be here why not make the best of it and if I don't want to be here then then why come like then don't be here and so I try to generally be in a good mood. And if it makes someone else have a better time at class, then then I think in a weird way, I'm helping a little bit because if and I generally like being able to just I'm going to go to class today for what? I don't know what we're going to do today, <laughs> but uh, I'm not drinking <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm not going to be sick tomorrow. And, and I, I like it. I think that's my favorite part of being sober. No what? hangover. Not having a hangover. Not being sick. Not about getting it's it again tomorrow. my favorite part. Yeah. Don't I mean, miss that. I, I, I have a relationship with my kids now and all that's wonderful. But yeah. like just on the daily, it is so nice to not worry about having to be sick. Yeah. And I have one son. Um, I used to always kind of joke because of the business I'm in, like none of my mom's kids can find or none of my kids' moms can find me. And then I actually had a kid and it wasn't so funny anymore. And <laughs> but I haven't been the best role model uh, through all these years, especially through the last seven years. And he's such a good kid. He graduated from Brighton High School with like a 4.0. And with all of his college classes, he's already, a, you know, a junior coming right out of he's been a, like, I, I don't know how he turned out as awesome as he has. And I have not been the role model that I could be. And so it's really cool to be able to start to have that relationship with my kid again, because he's 21 years old, you know, and he's at that age where he can start going to the bar, where he can make those bad choices that dad did. And he doesn't want that in his life because he saw how much I struggled with it. We we are out of time. Will you let us know uh, the next time you're in a film is coming out and we will talk about that and publicize it. I would love that. So that the Odyssey community and the people who are watching or listening to this podcast uh, can go to the movie as long as it's not R-rated, depending on where where they're coming from. Some people's morals allow it. It's okay. I I totally agree. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. And thanks for sharing your story. It's an incredible one. As a a gee whiz kind of guy, I was going to ask you about Adam Sandler and people like that and what they're like, but I won't. So... Maybe next time. Maybe next time. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Nicole. Good to see you again. You too. With clean hair. Yeah. Wow. What a thrill I today. I feel so clean. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for watching and listening to another edition of Odyssey House Journals.